Originally aired in October 2014, right after the death of Jan Hooks. FYI. Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. Oh, hello. It is Simpsons time. You know, we think of Manjula as such a fixture in the Simpsons universe. Uh, when in fact, she didn't appear in the series until season eight. Uh, in the quite good episode, The Two Mrs. Nahasapima Petalons, which refers to her and Apu's mother both of whom figure strongly in it. Um, the mother played by Andrea Martin, actually. Um, and Manjula herself, voiced by Jan Hooks, not appearing until kind of the end of the episode. Manjula, of course, along with Apu, is known in Springfield for having eight kids, um, which came to light, occurred during the great episode, a uh, very well-titled episode, Eight Misbehaving, which I don't remember what season it's from. I think maybe season 11 or 12. Actually, it has to be either 11 or 12 because by season 13, I know definitely that The octuplets exist um, when Apu has an affair and cheats on Manjula and uh, the cracks of their marriage really start to show. All right, bearing all of that in mind, the Simpsons episode I would like to talk about today comes in season 10. It's the second appearance of Manjula, and it's called I'm with Cupid. The Simpsons is really, really good at Valentine's episodes, um, dating back to I Love Lisa, which is probably the best Valentine's show of any sitcom ever, because it ties in with President's Day for, you know, to name just one reason. Um, but this is also a, just a really beautiful... Valentine's show because Apu is so romantic um, you see that even though their marriage is flawed he really really loves Manjula um, this is before the honeymoon period so to speak is over they're still newlyweds actually Homer and Marge refer to them as newlyweds when they go over to their house And it's kind of like we um, 
witness their first fight, which is for a very understandable reason. Manjula is mad because Apu works so much. I think my favorite Manjula line ever is when she like squints confusedly at Marge and goes, We Kens? <laughs> Not ever having seen her husband on a weekend before. But what, it, what else is remarkable about this is that it kind of shows all of the couples in Springfield as having flaws, but as, you know, being strong unions, you know, underneath the superficial cracks. And I think it's very, very sweet. This is written by Dan Greeny, um, who also wrote such sweet, cool episodes as uh, Summer Four Foot Two. Um, is it Five Foot Two? I think it's Four Foot Two. <laughs> can't remember what the height of Lisa. Um, along with many others. And he also wrote Lisa on Ice, which I hasten to say because I mistakenly, uh, back when we had our Simpsons special, said that he, that someone else wrote it. Um, Here he gives ample time, well not ample, but enough time to Sarah Wiggum, who is, <laughs> I think, an underrated character. All of her lines are very funny in this. There is the scene, well maybe I should backtrack and explain the episode fully to you. Apu and Manjula have a fight uh, that Homer and Marge witness because they're over for dinner. And Apu feels bad and he wants to make Manjula understand that he appreciates her. And so he vows to woo her again um, for seven days until Valentine's Day. And he does things like <laughs> He trains a parrot to perch on her shoulder and sing, He loves the nightlife, he loves Manjula, the guy they call Apu, yeah. Um, and he encases himself in chocolate so that she has a chocolate husband. Uh, you know, and like all these other amazingly romantic grand gestures. And so... Because of this, the other wives in Springfield become really jealous. And the other husbands get mad at Apu because he's making them look bad. Uh, until finally, as they are all following him, led by Homer, they hijack the skywriting plane that Apu has hired for Manjula. Uh, Homer causes an accident on the plane that causes the message to be I love you and then just a big blob and so all the wives look up in the sky and what they see they interpret as being from like each one interprets it as being from her husband and so it's just this lovely sweet denouement of the whole thing which is great um but yeah, Sarah Wiggum 
has the same syndrome as Kirk and Luann Van Houten, unfortunately. She looks exactly like her husband and speaks like him, even, even though they're not related by blood. Uh, and there's a scene when Clancy and Sarah Wiggum are in bed together, and he is reading her truly tasteless jokes. Um, and he only says the punchline so that it is not actually obscene on TV. Um, and then he complains. Sarah, normally after two or three of these truly tasteless jokes, you're all over me. And she turns over and she's mad and she goes, Man, Jula got to see La Boheme. Anyway, and you know, at the end she sees the little blobby thing and goes, I love you, Poppin' Fresh. Oh, Clancy. <laughs> Does the Poppin' Fresh giggle. That's really like sort of the finest moment of Sarah Wiggum to date. P.S. She is, uh, at the time that this happens, cutting Ralph's hair by putting a soup bowl on his head. I really like Apu, you know, I mean, he's a very likable character. He's a very well-liked, you know, among the Simpsons fandom. And Marge and Homer involve themselves in his life a lot uh, because, you know, he deserves it. He's a nice guy. He, until Manjula makes the scene, does not have family to help him out. And, you know, like, he really shows his awesome true colors in this. And also, Manjula shows for the first time what kind of stuff she's made of. You know, she is absolutely a woman able to raise eight kids. Not only do they have eight kids, but just like Bart is always ten, Lisa is always eight. These kids are always toddlers, you know, so a big drama of Latter-day Simpsons is that they have so many kids that it's really hard. But she's a super fierce, cool mother and presence in Apu's life and everyone's life. And she can handle it. But here for the first time is when we see that, you know, when she doesn't go down quietly when she finds out. Um, Apu's working too much, etc. Um, yeah, and I mean, as, as if the Schmaltz Fest was not enough uh, when all the wives see the message and love their husbands again. And even Homer redeems himself in grand fashion with the pile of roses. We end the episode on Apu's beautiful rooftop garden that we've only ever seen before in the Lisa the Vegetarian episode with Paul and Linda McCartney. Another cute couple. And this time Elton John is singing for them. 
and they drink champagne squishies. And it's wonderful. And this has been Simpsons time. R.I.P. Jalen Hooks. And uh, yeah, thanks, Manjula. Well, when I was a young man and never been kissed, I got to thinking it over how much I had missed. So I got me a girl and I kissed her and then and then. Oh, Lordy, well, I kissed her again because she had kisses sweeter than wine. She had mm -mm, kisses sweeter than wine. Hey, thanks for listening to Simpsons Time Through the Defigulator for today. My name is Amanda Nazario, and I'll see you next week with another different episode of The Simpsons. Lovingly treated and exhaustively discussed. It's well, we worked very hard, both me and my wife, but working hand in hand to have a good life. We had corn in the field and wheat in the bin, and then whoops, oh Lord, I was the father of twins because she had kisses sweet. Some of these questions are so like poorly worded. <laughs> well, I mean, you did write them. So. <laughs> I'm sitting here with Chris King, who works at Nighthawk Cinemas and uh, who has been so, so instrumental in our Simpsons education uh, where I live in Williamsburg. So thank you for coming to the studio, Chris. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's it's rare that I get to talk to you about Simpsons, not on a Monday night when we're screening Simpsons at yeah. your theater. Uh, so this is like, it's a, it's maybe a little out of your comfort zone, but it's That's okay. great to have you. I mean, you know, in the lulls of conversation, I can just point to the screen. You're like, we're watching the show now. <laughs> right. Can't do that here. Unless I just put it up on my phone. Um, I understand that you have a, like a whole list of questions. I do. It, a lot of these have come because I've had a lot of conversations with you about The Simpsons, and um, I feel like a lot of these points don't get uh, brought up on your show all that often. So I'm going to dive into it. I'm going to be I'm interviewing you for this one. Oh my goodness! Okay, so talk about being outside the comfort zone. I know it's going to be good. All right, so question number one. Also, I couldn't think of anything serious to talk about, so I'm just going to like go through these really stupid questions with you. You ready? The, the stupidity is as serious as it gets. So. I know. Especially, you know, if I have anything to do with it. All right. <laughs> so, number one, what do you not like about The Simpsons? I, there are a few, a handful of things that I don't like about The Simpsons. And I think that's okay because in a, a cultural product that's so incredibly dense mm -hmm. with information, uh, there has to be something for everyone. I mean, there's going to be yeah. stuff that you don't like about any like about anything. Right. I don't like guest hosts. On, I mean, our uh, guest actors on the show. Really, none. Yeah. I, it's because they're always like, well, I like it when they're. Um, I don't like it when they. Uh, it, when it's like a special guest character that is just like in and out and then gone again. Mm -hmm. um, I also don't like it when the writers will like write themselves into a corner and then at the end of it just be like eh, whatever it's like uh when in the lord of the flies episode when they're like and they could save by mm, mo that's so funny <laughs> uh 
yeah, Pat Byrne, my friend from WFMU, also hates that, but and he cites that exact uh, Deus Ex Machina yeah. uh, narration it's at so, the very end. So egregious. You know, yeah, as like the moment that that the Simpsons became not as good for him. <laughs> um, I will say that my like one of my big peccadillos about the Simpsons is. Uh, when they break the fourth wall. Yeah, I don't like that either. Um, I just uh, was thinking a lot about Lisa the Vegetarian, which is such a stellar episode. Mm-hmm. Like everything about it is great, except for uh, when she's talking to the earthworm, and uh, and she, and she sort of says to herself, "Why does it sound like a lamb?" It's kind of like, well. T- if you don't want it to sound like a lamb, don't make it sound like a lamb and don't have the character, you know, don't write that line for the character. Yeah, I, it's always the worst when it's just like, this is a TV show cartoon, waka cha cha Yeah. It's so like, it's like such a cheap laugh. Yeah. And it happens quite a bit, even during the classic era. I feel like it happens just as much during the classic era yeah. as it does later. I think I remember on listening to commentary how there were certain writers who didn't like it when they break the fourth wall. Because mm-hmm. there's, the, there's the one with... um the catfish that he's catching and at the end of it it like comes out of the water and like winks at the screen yeah, and yeah. then it goes away. Yeah. And I think it was Matt Groening who was like I hate when animals don't act like animals Yeah, animals are so funny just in acting mm-hmm. the way they do normally. Um, and that's valid too, you know. Uh, the catfish winking didn't really bother me at I all. I mean, I thought it was, it like was funny too, but I mean that was yeah. yeah. Um, especially as a way to like end the episode too. It's like it's a happy ending and the catfish is okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Everything's back to normal. Yeah, you caught the fish and it still lived. Didn't the Loch Ness monster do something similar too? <laughs> like, Maybe I don't know. I don't think I've episode. seen that one. Oh, uh, I believe it's season thirteen. Maybe it gets foggy around there for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I eh, I advise you to take another look at those uh, aughts seasons. I'm working. I'm working my way. Yeah. through it. They're like you know. There's definitely low lights, but there are like hugely bright rewarding bright Mm -hmm. lights too all right next question okay um they're not all going to be negative but some of them are because it's i like to be it's fun i I like no nobody hates the simpsons more (laughs) than people who love the simpsons that's like the weird paradox of life all right so but but let's uh, let's do something nice for this one all right so who's your favorite old person in springfield jasper hands down that's mine too yay (laughs) he's the best he's so great even before he was Frostilicus, I loved him. Yeah. I go between Jasper and, I mean, like, Abe Simpson. Abe Simpson reminds me so much of my own grandfather, um, just in his, like, incoherent stories that seem made up. Um, I really relate to that. That's awesome. <laughs> You're lucky to have a great, incoherent grandpa Well, I mean, <laughs> that you, know, you appreciate. I did. He was insane. It was great. Okay. So that was an easy one. Number three. All right, this is a weird one. This right. is three of how many? Fifteen? Uh, one, two, three, four, four, fourteen. Okay, that's a, that's. A... We don't. Have, some of them are like it'll it'll be fine. All right. Oh no, I'm I'm really happy <laughs> to spend all day here answering all fourteen questions for like an hour at a time. So okay, so number three, how do you feel about how the passage of time gets treated on the show? The passage of t- like uh, okay, so, in future episodes. And no, stuff? no, no, no. And like, and just to how the show like has that weird kind of sliding time scale where it starts off. It seems like the show is taking place in 1989. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Now it's taking place today, but everybody's the same age, and the world has changed just a little bit throughout. It's like they have a widescreen TV now. They use the computers. 
Homer and Marge like had dated in the 90s. <laughs> I know you have a soft spot for that one, right? I, like... It bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> I've always related uh, to like Homer and Marge as being like pretty much exactly my parents' age. And as the show goes forward, their like background kind of slides forward with it. I think it's necessary. Yeah. It's it's annoying, but it's necessary. And they do slide back and forth. Like there was the one where uh, they meet at summer camp and they're like 11. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. And that's on the same timeline as the way we was. You know, so it's weird. it's like in the late 60s. And then it's in it's totally in line with them to yeah. have uh, first started going out in the 70s. Um and by the time that one came around, it was like 2002 or so. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I. it doesn't really bother me. I, I am very uh, permissive with a lot of the, those devices that The Simpsons I mean, they have using. to do it. I mean, because it's a cartoon. Because otherwise they can't have it's the characters not about, grow, you know. Yeah, and, and it wouldn't be able to be about uh, a present-day family mm -hmm. if they kept it in... 1989 now you know it would just be it would be more like a period piece like yeah. that 70s show, well i've you know? always kind of felt that the show is like a little bit of a period piece just the way that it's like because it kind of does have this like timeless appeal to it mm -hmm. so every time i'll like watch it today and i'll see them like interacting with a computer or like with their phones or even the widescreen tv in the front it, it like bugs me out yeah yeah and it really sketches me out and i don't know why uh and i think a lot of the show and a lot of the humor at least in like the kind of like classic area of the show was kind of like steeped in these like seventies television, like parodies and stuff. That's true. And sixties even. And sixties yeah. too. Um, so once it started to move past that, it started to weird me out. But I, again, I just think it's unavoidable. No, you know? I know. They have to keep uh, courting the more and more younger people. Mm -hmm. Otherwise the show just dies. Um, I, I also don't think jokes about like the internet or social media are funny like ever. I don't think I've ever heard. I don't think I've ever seen a movie or TV show that's had a funny like Twitter joke, ever. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, because Twitter and uh, Facebook and all of that are beyond TV. Yeah, it's uh, the jokes that can be made on Twitter are funny in the medium of Twitter. You can't like take it out of itself or just like and, even making fun of the concept it's like it, like everything changes and moves so quickly with like that sort of stuff like once it gets like especially through something like the simpsons which is so slow to produce mm -hmm. or a movie the jokes just seem kind of old by the time it gets to air yep that's true and that definitely is sort of the show showing its age like what's the deal with <laughs> snapchat like, oh, watch where you're going when you're looking at your phone. <laughs> right. By a bus. I don't know if that's happened or not, but it seems like it would have. I think it must have. Again, yeah, I'm. I don't watch The Simpsons as much as I should. You know, call myself a Simpsons scholar, but the. You watch more Simpsons than pretty much anyone I know. <laughs> Thank and you. That, I mean, Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> that includes me, and uh, like, I mean, I have my designated time on Mondays, where I watch The Simpsons. There was a whole uh, episode where Homer got an iPad. I think he won it. I um, mean, like, I, I would like to see. I haven't seen that. It could be funny. It was pretty good. You know, like, it wasn't one of the worst ones I've seen. But at the same time, it was a little odd to see Homer with an iPad. It was pretty funny when my mom got an iPad for the first time. So I could see 
see i mean like i i like i relate homer to my like my parents like generation so much and like their kind of like boomer attitude about yeah, everything yeah. yeah um what's your favorite simpsons family vacation uh japan is really good that one's my favorite it's really funny and silly yeah, yeah. i i think that one's really good um it's also got godzilla in it so i've got a soft spot for that it's the it was the only one that uh i thought of right away yeah and now that i'm thinking of it a little more i'm thinking of yeah they went to florida i thought that one was like not that great um they went oh, yeah. to brazil i thought that was decent I don't think I've seen the one where they go to Brazil. Oh, okay. You is, have are there, to a, see are it, there yeah. a lot of soccer jokes? Actually, there is a second one where they go back to Brazil, and that's all about soccer. <laughs> um, but no, the first one was just really cruel to Brazil and um, saying, well, like, calling it a slum. And um, that's back. That's back in vogue. Well, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Um, but what's significant about it is that the government of Brazil really took umbrage to it. Yeah, and uh, it basically outraged the entire country. <laughs> Um, and I mean, if you go, if the Simpsons visit a country and it doesn't outrage that country, then they didn't do a good job. <laughs> right, exactly. But, you know, I mean, I don't think all of Japan got outraged when the Simpsons no, went No, I mean, they could have. They I, could the have, best they part, didn't, The best they get thing it. Of, of Homer, like, in Japan was how he would just, like, walk through all the paper walls. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, like, the funniest thing I've ever seen. It makes yeah. me laugh every time. Yeah, I like that it keeps happening. And the toilet gag, too, like, how it sings and has a camera in it and... Makes and it recommends scream. the restaurant yeah. to him. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's my favorite too. Um, and I haven't now seen... they've been everywhere. They they went to London. They went to the London one's weird. The Ireland one is weird. There's always and like some of them aren't vacation. Some of them is just like they come up with some half-hearted excuse to go somewhere. It's like we got a bar there now. So right, right. Here we are. I jokes, remember jokes, liking jokes, the. Uh, I like the Ireland one. Yeah, the Ireland one's funny. I played that one on St. Patrick's Day this awesome. past year. Very awesome. Did you very... also do the uh, 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 bootlegging one? Of course. I mean, how can Every you year. Every year, <laughs> like, when you have to watch the bootlegging one. That one's so funny. It's got uh, a drunk child on it. There's nothing funnier than a drunk child. Going bowling. Not back avenge death. <laughs> not back avenge death. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and the Ireland episode has those great sign gags i actually just earlier today i was thinking of how funny those three sign gags are of which the, ones uh, are sign gags that was a, that's a, i got another about got the another tech boom the tech boom in ireland you know they arrive in ireland and it's not like quaint old ireland anymore it's a completely uh hip booming wealthy city because mm -hmm. of the uh technology boom and uh in the cab they're passing by all of the offices um Microsoft, uh, Hewlett Fitzpackard, and uh, Cisco Systems. Cisco. No, no, no. <laughs> and then all three of them are fun. They're like equally funny. Okay, so next one. I like that. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite Simpsons video game? I have never played any of them, really. Yeah. There was a CD-ROM about The Simpsons that was called Virtual Springfield. Yeah, I played that. I played that. That and that's game was the pretty only, fun. That was the only one I ever really played. I kind of want to play that. I, like I was thinking about it, that Virtual Springfield is probably the most interesting one because mm -hmm. you've got this big map and you can kind of go around town and there's like millions of like hidden jokes throughout the place. Yeah, yeah. And really, the only point of the game is to find 
trading cards that have been hidden around. Right. And then to find characters and poke them until they say all the funny things. Yeah, They've yeah. recorded for it. Uh, that was my first computer game. Was Wonderful. Um, it might have been mine, too. I just, I, like, didn't care enough to keep going with it. Yeah. A lot of them are not very good. Uh, tapped out. People love tapped out. I, w- I went through a phase where I was playing a lot of tapped out. Um, and then I realized that uh, it made me hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> My my like Springfield was so like perfect and orderly. I was really kind of proud of it. I put like way too much time into it and like thought it out and like treated it like SimCity kind of. And then I would like see other people playing it and there's just a total like disorganized mess. It's just like Moe's is right next to the Simpsons house and like the movie theater is like by the mu- nuclear power plant. It's just like, come on, man. Should make you hate them, not yourself. Well, I know, but that, <laughs> it made me hate myself because I spent way too much time on it. Well, and there's like it, it. It's just never. It never stops. It's like a. That's the mark of a successful game. Yeah, right? that you yeah. just can't stop playing it, mm-hmm. and you develop an addiction to mm-hmm. it, and you have to like go to rehab to. Yeah, you know, the freemium model. Yep. I think South Park did an episode about freemium games. I love that South Park episode because yeah. <laughs> that's totally me. <laughs> I uh, uh, on purpose forgot my um apple id so that i can't buy freeware i can't like download freeware for the, to the I can't, app store i think everybody forgot their apple id i don't yeah, know yeah but i did it, it on purpose you know like <laughs> uh when i have to upgrade my phone like i will ask them what it is and... <laughs> you have to give your phone to somebody and be like can you update this right for me, exactly please? yeah you tell your one person the and password please, yeah do not download candy crush or anything <laughs> I, I should probably do that <laughs> and then there's bart versus the space mutants which is impossible oh yeah that one i have heard and um the arcade game, which everybody loves. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. A Pizza House favorite. I wonder if down the street from here uh, at Barcade on Newark Avenue, they have that. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I forgot that they have a Barcade over here. Yeah. They might. I think uh, I've been to the one in Williamsburg, and I've been to the one in um, St. Mark's, and they both had it. Uh-huh. That's so right. it's either it's like if, if if you're running a proper bar arcade and you don't have the Simpsons game or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, then what are you even right? What are you even doing? Wrong. <laughs> doing it wrong. All right, let's see what else we got. Who did you think shot Mr. Burns? I really didn't want to know. <laughs> uh, you know, and I haven't even thought about it in such a long time because, like, I can't remember not knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I thought it was Wiggum. Yeah. But I don't know why. Like, why? What motive would he have? I don't know. Uh, I feel like... His gun fell out of his pocket. Right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was just an accident. I don't know why I thought that. But I think there were, like, a couple of little, you know, fake clues leading to him. Mm-hmm. Um and on purpose, by the way, that's one that I haven't done for Simpsons time yet because I'm waiting for like the right deluxe moment to get a whole bunch of people in on it. And... Get those sweepstakes going. Yeah. yeah. We can <laughs> right. set up a 900 number right. and make some money off of it. Yeah, right. Who would you like us to pretend did it, even though we know <laughs> and have known for 20 years who did it? I like all the false like the false endings that they animated for that, because apparently they really did that so the writers wouldn't like leak it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. Um, they, did, they did the same thing with the, like, the Walking Dead, apparently. In oh, this really? last season of The Walking Dead, it was like this big cliffhanger. Nobody knows who died. And so when they went to film it, they just recorded several people who had been killed so this like nobody knows except for the director and the editors i guess 
See, even in 2016, The Walking Dead is taking cues from The Simpsons. It's true. They stole that one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll see all the other alternate deaths in a clip show later down the line. I hate The Walking Dead, though. I don't like it either. Ugh, it's so boring. Yeah. Anyway, but that's just, that's my personal it's taste. It's just the same thing happening over and over again. Yeah, and, I, yeah. They find a safe place, but it's not safe. And the real, and the real <laughs> right, monster. Guess what? It's not safe. And the real monster is man. It's very successful. I it's wish super them all successful. The I like the comic book, but whatever. Uh, I don't remember who. I just remember getting caught up in, in it, but I don't remember if I had like a... I think I thought Smithers did it. That was, I think, the most people thought. Yeah. I mean, that was the one that they kind of like would. set it up the most to kind of make it seem like Smithers did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember... Oh. This just reminds me of something. Um, there's a line much later on where uh, uh, they are talking about that. Like they talk about Maggie mm-hmm. knowing how to shoot a gun. They're oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, remember she shot Mr. Burns. And somebody else is like, oh, I thought Smithers did it. <laughs> and Lisa like rolls her eyes and is like, that would have made a lot more sense. <laughs> and I, that's another example of breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. It's like, so it's also it, so mean. It's, it's irritating like, and mean. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's another thing I'd like to go back to that is like, I don't like it when the show gets too mean. Yeah. Me, me neither. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it seems like kind of uncharacteristic because the show's so sweet. And then if it goes mean, it's just like, mm, it's like the writers are in a bad mood. Yeah. They take it too far. Um, I remember with the um, Who Shot Mr. Burns thing, I, that was like the summer that I read a lot of the comic books, the, uh-huh. like the Bongo comic books, which are pretty funny. Yeah, they're good. Um, and in the letters section, it was a lot of like people trying to figure out Who Shot Mr. Burns and like going meticulously over the clues like they clearly taped it off a of tv yeah, and gone yeah. over and over it it was mostly people who thought it was just smithers this is a weird question i don't know if you're gonna okay so if you could have one object from the simpsons what would it be uh number one reverend lovejoy's clock what's this clock look like it's so cool looking it's like this big uh piece of petrified wood or agate or something oh the one on the behind his desk behind his desk yeah that's cool i love stuff like that but it's it's like a mirror it's i think it's a mirror Mm -hmm. or not it uh, i i don't know what it is my phone it's like this weird asymmetrical shape with the clock like just in the tiny uh lower left hand corner of it and there's like a landscape or desert looking it's very 70s looking That's what I mean. It's like that show, like, oh, yeah, it's like a mirror clock thing. Man, that thing is cool. I want one of those, too. You know, with all the bootlegging, the resurgence in bootlegging, I'm surprised that there hasn't been a pin of that. Yeah. Or like a wristwatch. Or like or an Etsy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Reverend Lovejoy's full-size clock. Well, we can get on it, listeners. Oh God, and if anybody is, it. like, into making glassware and clocks, just hit us up. I'm sure. I'm sure some FMU fan is like really good at making clocks. It seems like very up the alley of FMU. They would look great in the studio. You can put it right there. Hey, now we're talking. <laughs> um, and then my second favorite item is uh, Patty and Selma's lamp that has that's like shaped like a pyramid. The shade is shaped like a pyramid. Oh yeah, that one's really cool. There's on the outside. Have you thought about this before? I have. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I'm curious to know what your favorite object is. Because I know you must have one if you thought of the question. You know, I don't. That's why I was asking you. But let me think about <laughs> it for a hot second. 
Um, I kind of thought about it in a way of like which <laughs> which car was like Simpsons car I might want, either the uh, the station wagon or the purple car. Mm-hmm. I would want the purple car. The purple car is good. Yeah, that's that's like a classic, and I feel like I could work it. It's but like, what about Kirk Van Houten's race car bed? I don't want that. I've got a big <laughs> bed that I could share with my wife that I enjoy quite a bit. Excellent. Good. <laughs> Shout out to Chris's wife, Claire. Hello. Hi, Claire. I saw, I was at a coffee shop the other day and I saw a big, uh, like, crusty brand sign in the back of it. It was really, like, hand painted and cool. I kind of wanted one of those. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It's not like a Simpsons creation, though. But it's still, yeah, it's not something that's seen on. The Simpsons. Yeah. I mean, there's Homer's car. I mean, <laughs> the Homer. We wouldn't mind having that. Somebody made that. I saw a video That's of That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and I want one of those microphones that you sing into and the, the well one that Bart gets for his birthday. Oh, yes. That's a fantastic yeah. idea. Yeah. I always wanted one of those as a kid, and then my mom didn't get it because she thought it would be annoying with it, which you was right. I would have. <laughs> I guess that's a pretty good place to stop. Just a quick mention of Chris's mom. Thank you very much to my guest, Chris King, for stopping by and asking questions of me. Um, And part two of our interview will go up next week on Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator. My name is Amanda Nazario. Maybe you knew that. And I have one thing left to say, which goes all the way back to the beginning of this podcast. Um, I said that the first great Valentine's Day episode on The Simpsons was I Love Lisa. And while it was like an absolutely amazing one, um, to say that ignores Bart the Lover, which I think, you know, all this time later, I have to say is even better. So, uh, yeah. And that is the end of that chapter. <laughs>